Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? Oh my God, we're still in this crazy pandemic. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? I can't believe it. You know, it is, it is, uh, it is much better now though, right? Because uh, we're talking, we're in May, almost June. It's nice out. Uh, the weather's the weather's good. We can get it. We, you know what? I'm happy now because I can drink on the street. That's what I like about it. They give you your alcohol in like a cup with a straw. No one knows, or they do. They don't. I like I like the lawlessness of it. That's what I like. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the greatest greatest radio station in in the western hemisphere uh that's i checked and it really truly is um and um you know the thing is like now you're out and stuff like that why don't you go you know you can have radio free brooklyn with you all the time we have so many great shows great programming especially this afternoon if you stick around elon danziger tom tenney music talk it's like a lifetime of entertainment so just go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash download and get uh you know get an on you can get uh you can get it for and get the app that's what i'm trying to say that get the fucking app okay so i'm here today with um a really 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 talented um artist and human being Jenny Carpenter, okay? So the thing is, I've known Jenny Jenny quite some time since the early, like 15 years, I'll just sum it up that way. Something like that. I was at her, I was at her wedding, come on. She's got 10 year old kids. I was at her wedding and you know what? She has a set of twins that were born. She was almost, she almost gave birth at my wedding, which was in September. 2010 so i always know how old her kids are um but anyway i've known jenny a long time and we met we became friends because we were both secretly artists uh in advertising artists art directors and we developed uh an instant bond over our shared love passion drive to uh, of art the religion of being an artist is really what we connected on so i've seen jenny transform over the years i can imagine she's seen me she's probably seen me me personally deteriorate over the past 15 years but i have seen jenny oh, no. transform and her you know as a more and more dedicated artist balancing motherhood like i said she had twins and she only weighs like 105 pounds or something she had two boys i saw that i saw that blow i went to visit her in the hospital before she had them it was intense but she did a great job and i have to say one of the things that i really admire about jenny respect about jenny is she's a fucking badass mother she is really disciplined her boys are beautiful and lovely and so kind and just talented and smart and musical and friendly. And I mean, I just, 
I just wish I saw them more frankly. Fucking, fucking. So anyway, I'm going to bring Jenny on now and introduce her. She's going to tell you a little bit about her work. And then she, we're going to do a session, a therapy session, um, and really talk about her physical transformation from being, when I met her, a single woman, to being a mother, and what has gone on for her as far as her transformation. And I think that, you know, I know Jenny really well, but I think that um, we're probably because of the format, before, because she's on my fucking radio show and I'm in control now, I'm going to dig deep and we're going to find out a lot of shit that I probably don't even know. Right, Jenny? You got it. Okay. So Jenny, tell us, tell us about your work um, and where people can see it and stuff like that. So we have an idea about you know, what you're, where, you know, that's your passion besides your, besides your family. That's your personal passion. So right. tell us about it. Okay. Um, I work predominantly, I'm a painter. I do oil paint on wood and I generally use the grain of the wood to kind of influence how the painting is going to come out. And it's always portraiture or narrative and in working with the grain, it kind of tells its own story. So it encompasses the life of the wood as well as the life of the person that is being portrayed in the wood. Mm -hmm. Right now, although you can't see it live, like nothing really at this point, but um, it's being shown in a museum show at the Danforth Art Museum up outside of Boston in a group show called Family Circle. And that also, you know, kind of shows the aspects of family and how family and motherhood influences what work you produce. Mm -hmm. Which is such a perfect theme for you. Yeah. yeah. And you've used your boys in yeah, your work. I've, I've used Harry and Eamon. I have nine-year-old boys turning 10 in the fall. 10 in the fall, right. Uh -huh. They're and not... I, I, I right totally, around my anniversary, 10th anniversary, right. I totally forgot I was that pregnant at your wedding. I think everyone was afraid I was going to give birth right there at the reception. No, all, I mean, you get like ex so much extra credit just for showing up, but I just remember you sitting out in front of uh, Here Art Center. That's where we got married in the theater. And uh, Jenny and Kevin, you know, God bless them. They were sitting outside having whatever. Jen Jenny was having a soda. And uh, I was like, that, wow, I can't believe that woman is so pregnant here. <laughs> no, I had gained so much weight. <laughs> that was, well, I mean, you were just pregnant. You were so pregnant. Uh, I, I terrified people on the subway. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're like I said, you're a tiny woman with, with, with two, ba two, ba two males, two boys in there. It was yep. crazy. Um, but your work, your work does have a lot of themes like motherhood. Like, I think that you have worked, you have de dealt with a lot of your transformation in your work. Is that right? Do you think that you, there's been a lot of themes. There's been a lot of, you know, emotions, strong, very strong emotions that you didn't expect that have come up for you, that have come out for you that you've been trying to work out through your work. Is that right? Definitely. Um, you know, once I transitioned into 
painting on wood and using the grain. Um, I started doing portraiture of like ancestors and then I transitioned to, I live up in the Hudson Valley now. We had moved once the boys were. Who wants to live in Manhattan with fucking <laughs> twins? Come on. We were ahead of the curve on that one. So we moved up to Cold Spring and I started finding old portraits of people from the area, like in the antique shops on Main Street and was interested in the history of those people. And then it did become more personal when I had the boys and I went from painting strangers, even relative strangers to um, the most intimate painting the boys. I would take mm -hmm. portraits of the boys. Um, so do you think the boys uh, brought out vulnerability in you that you didn't know you had? I think so. I think motherhood will do that. <laughs> uh -huh. Were you surprised by it? Because um, if people don't know you, they that you present as like a spunky, take no shit, you know, they can't probably, most people, like if they see you in it, like I did at work, they probably can't really picture you. You're like, you know, you you're not an aggress outwardly aggressive person, but you definitely aren't going to, don't fuck with me. Type. I think that, that's that's why I think you projected that. Or, I think right? that helped in motherhood for sure. <laughs> that what? Help with motherhood? For sure, yeah. But you it's really a defense, isn't it? You're not uh, really that person. No, I mean, it, it's, it, uh, like I, I know I had one boss that said that, you know, like first three weeks, I never talked to anyone. I just listened to music and did my work. And right. it's just, it takes me a while to warm up to people for sure. Right. But if somebody yeah. came in and said like, this sucks, uh, you didn't get it done fast enough. You would be like, uh, you would, you would, you would, she's made, she's frowning. She's already like, fuck you. Like you would never take that shit, right? You'd be, you would have like a really fast response, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. And yeah. they'd be like, oh my God, that quiet person just told me to fuck off. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm I'm shorthanding. You're that's shorthanding, just, but that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I, you know, I want to make this point and I, and, uh, I've already told Jenny that I'm worried about offending her and having her, her family never talk to me again after this interview. But um, the thing is, I want you guys to know that like you were really, you know, people automatically, you guys automatically go to, uh, ah, well, she probably had, you know, IVF, FBI, whatever those things that people get twins from. But you were totally shocked. You didn't have any of that, right? I no, I did. You did? Yeah. But, but you had identical twins. So were you surprised? Okay, you know what? Give me a break, guys. This is 10 years ago, almost. So did you, were you surprised by twins or did you know there would be a possibility? No, we, we had no idea because we took every precaution not to. Not to have twins. Yeah. And you had identical twins, so it was yeah. a split egg. No, it was crazy. Yeah, the first sonogram, we were pregnant. You know, it's like one kid in there. And then the next sonogram, there were two. And I saw it at the same time as the doctor because it looked like this little yin-yang symbol up on uh -huh. the And I, had, I don't know if you know this, I had had a dream a couple weeks before 
that I was pregnant with twin boys. Oh, wow. Really? So when it was confirmed. Was it a dream or a nightmare? It was both. (laughs) 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 Totally depends on the day. So you, so you had actively uh, worked to not have, or actively made a decision to not have twins or that was, you wanted. Yeah. So, but you had, so you really contemplated that you wanted to have one child. Yes. And so in a way that's more, um, jarring than I and you and you at IVF you had gone through some stuff to have kids yeah yeah I know know Kevin did I was of advanced maternal age as they kept telling me at every doctor appointment so yeah so we had no idea it was uh um, so what was what was that feeling I cried nonstop. like oh yeah like what? Like what it's do you mean? It's a big shock. Like, because at that moment, you know. Like you know everything's going to change with one. But mm-hmm. with two, you know that. Like the, the things that I kept thinking, like when I was looking at the sonogram, it was like all this like flashing of different scenes. Mm-hmm. One was those like really crazy lavender twins on The Simpsons, you know, the creepy schoolmates of Bart that totally freaked me out so I was thinking of them and then I was thinking that we live on the top of a six floor walk up oh yeah that's gone because like Uh you can't carry that um so like all these things it's like everything everything has changed literally in a second Mm -hmm. and did you so when you were crying were you missing your well you were just like you were like my life is it's forever changed. Forever changed. I mean, Kevin was happy, but he Kevin was happy. Yeah. For some reason, Kevin was with me as my husband and he was trying not to smile because I was bawling. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I would, I couldn't even talk about it for like a week. It it took a long time to process. I'm still processing it. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's gotta be intense. Yeah. So, um, anyway, and, um, the, uh, actual birth was pretty, pretty. So why don't we, so why don't we t- talk about the transformation? Cause that's what you were saying was a really big deal for you, right? The physical yeah. transformation. So let's start from the beginning. You found out where we are. You found out you were pregnant and then, and then what was like, what was the journey like? Um, you know, it's really interesting being pregnant. I had never been pregnant before. So it was, um, the whole idea that you're growing a person inside of you, let alone two was just crazy. Like Mm -hmm. from an anthropological experiment, Mm -hmm. but then it got weirder because they would constantly fight. I didn't sleep for like four months. Fight for space in there. Yeah, they would constantly fight each other. And like you could feel them rolling around, kicking each other. It must have been tight in there. It was tight in there. And they would never let me sleep. They would only sleep at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. So that must have been been tough. And also must have been weird because like no one could really relate to that. 
not many people now. Uh -huh. Did you find like being an artist was like weird because let's be honest, I don't know, like I think a lot of the artists, there aren't as many, artist mothers are in a minority, right? I, yeah. Uh, or at least in New York City where you're, you were living, right? Yeah, from my experience, yeah. So did you feel like, was part of that transformation feeling like you, no one could relate to you or? I mean, I couldn't even relate to me. I don't know how other people could. I mean, it really was such a bizarre experience. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the first like three years, I have like total blackouts. I have no memory of certain parts of that early life. Really? Why do you think that is? I think you're so, um, you're so sleep deprived and you're constantly multitasking, trying to keep two people alive that it's exhausting emotionally, mm -hmm. physically, and other things that just aren't as important. You forget. Do you think that, um, all mothers go through this? And they don't, do you think they don't talk about it? I definitely think that, you know, it, it, it's part of social media in general that everyone portrays their most perfect self. Uh-huh. Like I, I've seen images of families on Instagram, you know, of, oh, we're going for a beautiful hike. And I know these people personally, and I know they're having a hard time in their marriage. And it's like so disingenuous. But uh -huh. that's just what social media has portrayed and expects you to portray. Uh-huh. So Did I you... think there is some reality checks that need to happen a mm -hmm. little bit. Mm -hmm. So what were you feeling? I mean, um, you know, people, people. I want you to know that Jenny is a very attractive woman no. and she had a really great, she had a really, uh, I mean, she still does, but somebody who must you must have really valued your figure we're talking about physical <laughs> transformation in a lot of ways right so i mean you you were definitely like did that like how how you know what i mean like i'm looking at jenny who like you know never thought twice about putting on a bikini and all that and i'm not saying she doesn't look great now but i mean it must i know that we're talking about physical transformation. And I want to hear about that part of it too. I think all of it just came as such a surprise. I remember after giving birth and I gave C-section, I was lying on the table um, and they had finally given me drugs because they don't give you any type of painkillers before the babies what? are out. Really? So, so you mean like you're giving birth, you're having a C-section without, you're not having a C-section without painkillers. Well, no, they give, they obviously give you like an epidural or um, mm -hmm. something to numb the pain. Were you expecting a C-section? Yeah, it was okay. a plan. All right. Okay. It was a difficult pregnancy and they had already planned to take, take them at 34 weeks because they were, um, they were a certain type of identical twin that it was problematic at the later part. Right. You didn't, you didn't, you had a planned labor and all that, right? A yeah. planned, a planned delivery. But what I didn't realize is that you could still feel it. Like it wasn't painful, but you can still feel it. It was really Them cutting creepy. into you. The whole thing was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy in what way? Because right? you, know, you know, it's happening to you. 
and um, you know what's happening. You can't see it because they have this huge tent in front of you. Uh huh. You still feel it all. Was it panicking? Yes. Did you feel in a panic? Was Kevin in a panic? Oh yeah, we both were. We cried. I cried the entire time. Oh. <laughs> the anesthesiologist was like, "Oh my god." Can was you? it so do you think that was traumatic totally in a, in what way Be, you're being cut open right I, kevin, I remember kevin was there and he was late because he couldn't get the gown on properly <laughs> like he was so panicked because once they said you're going in you get taken away like immediately they're on a schedule Mm -hmm. So like I'm yelling for Kevin, who's like still down in the room trying to get his gown on, his hat on, you know, the whole whole thing that they put you in. They're always late, guys. You know, they never they're never on time. They're never on time. So anyway, so yeah. So anyway, so keep going. Yeah, it felt like that. This is like really like going back into the '80s with MTV. But there was a a video of Tom Petty that had Alice. Mm -hmm from Alice in Wonderland mm -hmm. lying on a table and her stomach was a cake and mm -hmm. they were eating the cake out of her stomach. Do you remember that? No. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know why. That was the only image I could think of when I was. Oh, wow. So, so what was it like on an emotional level? Like as far as like, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about, you know, you have the babies and you were, you, what was, the transformation in that you didn't expect or what was intense about it? Um, How have I, you changed? Physically or emotionally? But, well, both. Okay. Um, physically, it, it's like you're, you're never the same. What do you mean by that? Well, Eamon's head was in my rib cage for the last like month. Mm -hmm. So he physically expanded my rib cage by his giant head by about mm -hmm. an inch. Mm -hmm. so like none of my, none, nothing fit the same way. Nothing ever fits the same way. Just Were you prepared for that? I mean, that was fine. It's like, that's not. No, I'm asking you if you were prepared though. No, I didn't know that that was. Okay. Gonna... Cause you know what I'm thinking guys, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. And you tell me, Jenny, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that like Jenny, I mean, I'm, I'm thin, but I'm not naturally thin. Like Jenny is naturally like, has a great figure, blah, 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 right? And I'm wondering, like I was overweight when I was 11. A lot of people, a lot of women, you know, we're, we're vain and we especially, you know, we, we care about the shit. And so there's always, I've always struggled to stay thin or worry about my body. I never look good in a bikini ever, any age, all that stuff. But- Lisa. Jenny, I'm wondering if like, because you were always like in good shape and stuff like that, if you were not prepared uh, for the transformation of your body into a less, I, I mean, is this true when I'm, when I'm, when I'm putting out there? I, I think to a certain degree, but I mean, come on, grand scheme, it really doesn't matter. The reality is that we, I gave birth to two kids that are healthy and that was the main priority. So if I have a couple extra inches on my waist, you know, so be it. I'll just, 
Like I, I just bought a couple of 1960s moo-moos on eBay. So it's like, you well, just, every, you know, well, everybody's and you know, the caftan is like, I read a fashion story on <laughs> caftan and the onion. I mean, we're all in the same. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, did that, uh, we're talking, you know, I'm wondering how, how the, you know, you're talking about the physical part. Did that, did that bother you? Did that bother you? Of course. I mean, it, it, I would be lying if I said it didn't, but I also don't take myself that seriously and I'm not going to, you know, stay up late at night. No, no. Yeah. But you know, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's a shock. Cause it's, it's like, it happens all at one time, right? Yeah. And I think that that's part of it. For some reason, I don't know. I'm just dumb. I thought once I gave birth, my stomach would be like exactly the way it was. Like I didn't realize it would take months and months and months and months and months uh -huh. to get back to like a and why? And do women not talk about that? I think it's a combination of people don't really talk about it. And people, you know, er, er, almost everyone I've talked to talks about how the day they gave birth is like the best day of their life. And mm -hmm. I honestly did not feel that way. No. How did you feel? No. Well, but, you know, the days that followed were obviously um, special and memorable. And, mm -hmm. you know, you start to bond and all that. But I think there is, you know, a combination of, I didn't have a lot of friends that had children. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's more of a shit show than people think. You mean having children? Yeah, it's all a crapshoot. I mean, you just do the best you can. <laughs> so what do, what are the things that you, I mean, do you feel like, I feel like there's a certain, I don't know, maybe I'm, this is maybe cynical and negative, but I feel like there's a certain, um, um, I mean, it all, there, there, it feels like a little bit of a betrayal that in a certain way that women don't talk openly about what it's really like. Do you think that's true that women? And I've actually, you know, I've had friends that have gotten pregnant after and I've, I've said, if you want really what happens, you can come talk to me. But uh -huh. also I think some people don't really want to know. <laughs> it's like, they don't want, they, they want to live kind of the fantasy a little bit before reality sets in. I don't know. I don't, I would have wanted to know and I wish I had known more. Uh-huh. What kind of thing would you have wanted to know? Um, I guess, I mean, just even kind of strange things. It's like modesty kind of goes out the window. I had heard that before. What, what, what do you mean by that? Like you're, they um, just. Well, after you go to a certain amount of doctor visits and you know, they see absolutely everything. Oh, uh, you just don't care anymore. You you're don't, just a science experiment at yeah, that point. Exactly. And it becomes very, very clear that you at some mm -hmm. point are just the portal. Mm -hmm. And what really matters mm -hmm. is what's going on inside. Do you think it's like really hard? Like, I don't know. I would feel like, like you're doing, like, I mean, you get a lot of help, but at a certain, I mean, it's all up to you. Like, do you feel like that? Do you feel like you're the one doing all the work and stuff like that? Like, uh, 
I mean, there are certain things that really you can only do. Right, of course. You know, like, you know, like actually grow the baby. <laughs> like, I mean, Kevin would have if he could, but. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, no, and I'm really lucky that I have, you know, a relationship with Kev that. Yeah, a, great partner. He's yeah. Great, yeah. Like gung-ho, all in, all the time. Well, he loves being a dad. He loves being a dad. I mean, there's no question about that. He's a great dad. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, it, your your kids have a difference. I mean, that makes a huge mm -hmm. difference. And so, also incredibly supportive with, um, you know, carving out time so that I do have an opportunity to be in the studio and produce work. Mm -hmm. So, what's been um, surprising about like what? what didn't you expect about being a mom and how how did that trans like you were talking about we're on the theme of physical transformation well the other physical transformation that you and i talked about was the physical transformation of us leaving the city mm -hmm. that was in some ways an even harder transformation because mm -hmm. i never intended to leave new york once i had moved there ah so you having twins meant that you had to leave the city. Yeah, we just couldn't afford it. And because you, you would have wanted three bedrooms. Well, at the very least two. And we were able to swing it for a couple of years. But then when you get into, you know, we obviously had to sell the apartment that was on the sixth floor walk up. That wasn't doable. I, w I was determined to do it with one, but with two, you just from a safety perspective, we can't do it. Right, right. So, um, so you couldn't afford, you couldn't afford it. I mean, if it money, was it was money. I mean, even if money was no object. Well, see, then you're in the schools. Uh-huh. So it's really the schools that you, that's where, that's where the real money starts showing up. Yeah, we so, were, we, we vacated right before preschool. Mm -hmm. So what, so how was that for you? What was that? How, like, what, what was so fucking hard, man? <laughs> I know, it's like the idyllic village. Um, it just, it just wasn't what I expected. Like I had already always anticipated staying in the city. So it really wasn't what I expected. Um, you mean like you're, oh, also, did we mention you're from <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska originally? Yep. And, 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 you, and you really had this vision of your, you look like you're going to start crying right now, folks. She, this is, <laughs> she looks like she's going to start crying. If I can't make one of my friends cry, what kind of host am I? Huh? I told you they're never going to talk to me after this. <laughs> I'm trying to get you not to ever talk. This is the last of our friendship right here, guys. Um, so I'm imagining that you saw yourself as like, I mean, Jenny was also very well dressed, very smartly dressed guys. She cared a lot more. She cared a lot about fashion and always perfectly groomed all that crap you're still she's still i'm looking at at jenny right now guys she's in fucking omaha nebraska quarantined with her family and visiting her parents mm -hmm. and she's got a fresh coat 
of nail polish on. Okay. I mean, do you I see what I'm saying? This is this is what we're talking about. So you, but I mean, you really enjoyed uh, living in the city. You yeah. did take advantage of all this stuff, the museums, the shows, the this, the that, the shopping. So was it hard? Like what? So what? What was hard about leaving? What for you personally, emotionally, was hard about leaving? Access. I mean, it was such a change in lifestyle. But, First of all, it's like you know, you didn't have access to the galleries, you didn't have access to the restaurants, to museums, to the parks, just to the idea that you could go, you know, anywhere 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just the access, the lifestyle. Um, the lifestyle. Yeah, it's like walking around New York gave me energy, even now, like before all this transpired. I would take the train in and sometimes I would just, I called it urban hiking and Kevin would be like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I just walked. And you just, you know, you like walk down blocks that you've never been before mm -hmm. because even though I've lived there almost 20 years now, there's still always a block that you can find that you've never walked down before. And is some of it like your self image. I mean, like there is definitely, um, I mean, you know, like being and and you know, being like an art director and advertising living in Manhattan is a different narrative than being the mother of two. I'm making this sound really bad. It's not like this, I know. But <laughs> being the mother of two in like, you know, Cold Springs, New York. I mean, it's also about stages in life. And it took a couple of years before I fully grasped what I had in Cold Spring. I mean, we're, we're super lucky. It's like I've been able to. Yeah. <laughs> I am. It's like we, we were able to move my studio out of Brooklyn, and it's in the house. Mm -hmm. The boys walk to school. They have ultimate freedom. Mm -hmm. From age seven on, they were able to walk around town mm -hmm. by themselves. Mm -hmm. And it was perfectly safe. And everyone knows them. They're extremely outgoing. Mm -hmm. So every shopkeeper knows them. You know, it's like they are eyes on them all the time. It's really, it's amazing to have that community that it, you know, like it truly takes a village. Did that surprise, does that, did that surprise you? Like when you were going through the transition of moving? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sort of like you had to change. I mean, there is, part of you that's had to change who you who you are in a sort of fundamental way no I wouldn't say in a fundamental way I would say um my outlook has changed and my priorities have changed mm -hmm. in a way that you didn't expect no in a way I think that was healthy though too yeah but I mean I guess it must have been um so there's personal growth in that right one would hope <laughs> I mean, there's personal growth in that, and growth is personal growth is difficult. Yeah, yeah. So you and I would say some of it was, you know, played out in my work as well. Mm -hmm. So what what were the areas that you think that you've really examined in your changing, changing from 
I mean, you went through like a transition. You were like, like I just said, like the art director, incredibly perfectly uh, quaffed or, that's, or <laughs> that's not true. Not quaffed, but you know, well-dressed, you know, gal about town to, you know, urban mother to housewife in cold springs. I, I mean, <laughs> okay, with a studio and, you know, a show in a museum now and all that. But I mean, those are, those are, there's like, I think it's easy to see what the beauty of that is. You yeah. Know, like it, that's yeah. easy to see, like, you know, you have wonderful circumstances. It's true. And your kids yeah. are amazing, but you didn't know that. No. And you made that happen and all that. But so there must've been parts of you that you said goodbye to. Sure. So what are those? Well, you know, like I said, it's like, it's almost like you, you say goodbye to decades. It's like, you know, I was one person in my twenties and a different person in my thirties and in my forties, you know, you would hope that there's personal growth. You don't want to mm. get stuck in a stage. Um, right. And, and yeah, my priorities have changed. So what about having, um, what about the boys do you think has informed your work? Patience. Like a friend of mine who is a single dad in Minneapolis, he's hilarious. Um, when I first gave birth to Harry and Eamon, I was talking to Dana and I, I just said, I just don't seem to have much patience with other people. And he's like, yeah. He's like, when I had Lily, I realized that I can only have so much patience in my life and I have to save it for Lily. So I have zero patience for other people. And uh, a little bit, it's like, I'm so keyed in on being patient with Harry and Eamon that, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's just, it's yeah. Patience you, for other people. You, you have to bank all your patience yeah. and spend yeah. it with them. But that said, you know, I, I have gotten more patient. I've had to mm -hmm. more accepting, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And with all these people now. Right, right. So you're more accepting of other people? It's, uh, it's survival. I have to be, or I drive myself crazy. Does that make you more accepting of yourself? Probably to a degree. I mean, I would say that you have a bit of a perfectionist streak in you. Yeah. Yeah. And so ha have you had to deal with that then? I've had to let go of some like tidiness in the house and, you know, I've had to let go of control of a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. you just have to, mm -hmm. because there's really very little you've learned, you learn that. I think that's with age though, but you really control very little. <laughs> so here, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> so here's a question I like to ask. So what's the biggest obstacle in the whole thing? In the in whole journey, yeah. Time. In the whole, in your whole journey, of I think universally, any mother you talk to is time. You mean because a lack of time. Kids take up a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what? That that's part of the gig, though. Too. I mean, what do you do? But you do have a studio, and you do. I mm -hmm. mean, you do have help, right? 
Um, if you mean school, yeah. <laughs> well, not now, for God's sake. Now yeah. you have no time. But I mean, you have, you no. know, somebody take care of your kids and stuff. You have help. Um, we have a babysitter like once a week that comes in after school. Mm -hmm. um, but I've learned to really focus. The boys can walk to school and from school. So that gains me another half hour a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we really don't. It's just, you know, Kev and I. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it gets easier. It does. Much. Were you, did, were you, like when they were really little, was that, that must, that must be very different than it is now, right? Well, I think that's why I blacked out a lot of it. <laughs> Do you think those were really difficult years? Yeah. No, I didn't. I thought the baby years were really hard. Yeah. you a baby person. And you, you just, you just have like blacked them out and shoved them down. I've, I've shoved that. No, it's like, um, like I said, there, there are whole segments of that time that I just don't remember. It's a blur. Really? Well, if you're going to be in therapy with me, we're going to have to uncover that stuff. <laughs> Cause I, I worry, I worry that you're, you're hiding, you know, you know, as a therapist, we're always looking for negative shit because otherwise we don't have a job. So I'm really worried that, not really worried, but because um, your whole family's good at being repressed if you need to be. Sure. It's genetics. Yeah. <laughs> They're from Omaha. They're Western. They can exactly. function under anything. They can kill animals with, you know, they can. Pioneer. Yeah. So anyway, but um, no, but what I would be thinking about is, I mean, as a therapist, as a therapist, if I was a therapist, which I'm not, uh, I would uh, not a licensed one. I would be like, what's behind? I'm a miss. I would be a miss if I, if I didn't say there's a lot buried in those blackout years. Uh, well, Lise, I don't think it's really that much of much to look into. Really, I think it's priorities of like lack of sleep. <laughs> but. Really you know what what we're talking about is priorities lack of sleep we're talking you're and and i i'm not gonna push you on this i'm just saying on um a psychological level you're talking about pragmatism but you are very pragmatic yes agree we're not talking about the feelings buried there oh you mean okay you know what I mean? Like you did all, you did everything and you made, you know, the word sacrifice is debatable. Right. But I think that in order to function, you, like a lot of mothers probably just put, you know, you put stuff into a, a uh, in, into a desk of drawers a set of drawers and just shut them because it's not productive in uh you know being a good mother and partner sure I mean, yeah I, thought, I think a lot of people go on autopilot just because a lot of it it really is just mundane it's like you feed them you bathe them they sleep you sleep mm -hmm. and it really is like just like repetition of the same task over and over. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that you like doing, 
there so it's got to be conflicting emotions then like there's got to be part of you for probably every mother like where you're angry and you feel taken for granted and it's horrible and then there's another part that's like where you're attached to the child children and then also the bigger picture of the meaning of what it is that you're doing like like it's very repetitive but when you think about what you're actually doing it's pretty fucking powerful well yeah it's like the whole the whole deal is you know the whole goal is not to raise another asshole (laughs) that's really what it boils down to it's like you really it is your main job to raise someone who is kind and funny hopefully funny and you know gentle and a good person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really simple so how how do you like so tell us where you are today um we've got 14 minutes left so um you you've you i mean how you must I'm thinking that you are proud of the mother that you are, right? Yeah, I am. I think, you know, it. I, I, I like Harry and Eamon, so I think that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think they're good people. And, you know, they, they are aware of other people's feelings and, you know, are very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Especially in boys, you really want to make sure. Mm-hmm that they have uh, an awareness Mm -hmm. of other people. So what, what do you think like you and Kevin are, I mean, I think that they're, I think that you and Kevin are a great pair, a great team in so many ways. And I, you know, enjoy Kevin immensely, but I also think that the two of you are different in a lot of ways and bring very different, like guys like Kevin's more, uh, I mean, he's, He's not a, he's not an artist. He's a, uh, he's a what? A math guy, right? Yeah. You know, um, and he's, he's a guy's guy to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not a sensitive wimpy dude. He's a bit of a guy's guy, right? Which is great for the boys, I think, cause I think you want to balance. So, um, what, what, what do you think? What's the difference? Like, what influence do you have? What influences Kevin have? Mm, I mean, I, I think it, I think it is a good balance. From you know, like I grew up in Omaha, and he grew up in the Bronx, so he has more of a city perspective, and I have more of a Midwestern perspective. Um, you know, so, so where do you see it in them coming out? In the boys? Yeah. Where's your Where's your different influences in them? Where do you see it? Um, well, they do, they are into sports. They're into physical activity. They, you know, they're kind of like squirrely little boys and mm-hmm. Kevin's jock side. Yeah. Kevin's great about taking them outside and throwing the ball around and getting them active. And then I'm more of, um, you know, come in and like we'll read or play cards or I'm more of the indoor person. Kevin's more of the outdoor. So but Kevin's into sports and he got them into watching sports, right? Yeah, he's into sports, but I mean, he's not a, he's not like a, a jock type guy. Right. Right. He's, but they do watch sports, right? They do. We do watch um, like Notre Dame football and that kind of thing. And like, is that something you would do? 
I watch Notre Dame just because of, you know, my family background, but in that, you know, I'll call my dad at halftime every game. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. What about music? They're really into music. Yeah. Kevin and I are both really into music. Like when mm -hmm. I lived in Minneapolis, I you know, went out and heard music live a couple times a week. We were at First Avenue and 7th Street Entry all the time. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, when, you know, he was high school, college here in the city, he would go out and listen to music and go to folk festivals mm -hmm. and, you know, jazz festivals. And so he and I both um, have hung out with a lot of musicians, have incorporated that into our mm -hmm. lives. And that definitely shows with the boys. I think that's um, a great thing now because music is so accessible then, you know, because yeah. of the, the internets and everything else that... Um, yeah, they have so many playlists on Spotify. It's amazing. Yeah, they really love music. That's a great thing. And you guys can all share that, right? Yeah. And they play piano and they play the trombone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you feel like your life is pretty balanced now. I mean, it must have been hard when they were babies, but like they're in school now and you have your, you yeah, have a great studio. I think Fabulous. this is the age. I really do. I like this age. Uh-huh. They're funny. You know, they're their own people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was thinking, would you like to bring them on? Sure. Do you want me to call them in? Yeah, let me just, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, guys. Are you listening to me? Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, the last station ID and then we're going to get them in here and uh, see what they have to say. Oh, this will be interesting, right? Yeah, I, have no, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. So anyway, you want to go get them and I'll do the, the, okay. We got nine minutes. Okay. So okay. anyway, folks, I just want to remind you that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Lisa on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Um, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash donate. And um, we've got some great uh, premiums and stuff like that for you. And um, stick around after this because we've got a great afternoon of programming, both music, talk. We've got Elon Danziger who does really funny, um, you know, mixed. He does. He goes into people's past with music and stuff like that. So it looks like my friends are here. Say hello, Eamon and Harry. Hi. Hi. Hi, it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you. It's good are, you are you enjoying being in Omaha? Uh, yes. Yes? We were the families that did road trips during this time. <laughs> yeah, you drove out there, right? Yes. Yeah? So, uh, how was the drive out? It was nice. It, nice? It, like, it had... Like, it wasn't, like, as crazy as regular road trips for mm -hmm. some people because it was mainly a four-family immersion, too. Um, the whole COVID-19. Yeah, I know. It's a big deal. So we were just talking with your mom about her art and other stuff. Do you like, what do you guys think about, like, what's it like when you see your mom's art in an art show? Well, it makes me so happy that I get to see moms yeah. up 
um, that our mom, Jenny Carpenter, um, has appreciated, has people appreciate her work, and that's what really yeah, makes me it happy. does. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. And so you guys like that? Yes. Yeah. Do you do you like do you watch do you watch what she makes or like what do you think? What do you think about what she makes? What um, do you think she's doing? Uh, I think like she usually actually makes pictures like of our family and like descriptions of what she like. If she thinks this is a good picture, she takes a wood frame and then just like draws on it and makes it art. Do you do you um, like? Do you like the way she draws? Do you like watching her draw? Do you do you watch her draw? No, not really. No. No, why you're not allowed or why not? It's boring. Both. Um both. We're pretty much both. Well we mean? we're sometimes allowed, but um the thing is that we like yeah, we watch her a lot. What well, do you mean? Yeah. I mean, you're around, watch her what? You mean painting or you're just around her? Um, we watch her paint sometimes. Well, we paint too. And since her studio is just in our basement, yeah. and we really know what it's like. And we now know why we, it, that's the reason why I don't now know that we had to drive two hours a day trip to Boston. <laughs> Because um, of her painting? It's yeah, because of the show up in the Danforth. They drove uh, up. We, they went to the opening, right? Yeah, it was just like when mom goes to see art shows, I just see all these other art shows and I see mommy's name and it just like gets me feeling like this is her world. And I'm going to. Oh, wow. That's so cool. What what is Eamon whispering? What is he? That's Harry. Harry's whispering to Eamon. Harry. Oh, sorry. So um, what did he? What did Harry say? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> That's what I said. Nothing. So do you do you like art? Do you guys like making art too? Uh, uh, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, it's fun. Just we have so much other things to do because of this. Crisis. Um. Yeah, we're pretty much Zooming with friends twenty four. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you miss your friends? You're so you guys are in touch with your friends. Yeah. Doesn't feel a lot of Zoom, Lisa. Yeah. So you do it every twenty four six. Do you do you miss not going to school? Not yeah. School. I come back to it. Yeah. So it's fourth grade, like. We're in fourth grade. We were supposed to have a field trip to a day trip to Albany. Oh and my god. Wow. I, I'm like really mad. It was gonna be the first day trip of the thing is that like all the schools are like a lot of the schools aren't gonna go back this year in the state. Um right. um. schools are already out. Our right. school's out in June fourteenth. New York is um, kind of just, you know, it is just like, it's just crazy. Hey, Harry, what do you think your mom should paint next? What do you think she, she should paint? A wild picture of a baboon. <laughs> a baboon? A baboon. I would say 
pretty much anything she wants to. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Smart answer. Smart answer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how are you guys doing during this crisis? Well, ish, sort of. Well, no. yeah. We, what? Uh, it's getting a little old, Lise. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The first week I actually... You mean this interview? This interview? Me? This interview <laughs> is getting old? Is that what you mean? No. Um, this whole, uh, like, what, 12 pandemic? Distance the learning. thing is that we were only supposed to be out for a week. Yeah. And <laughs> 12 weeks later. And, 12, and there you are. We are. Yeah. So what do you guys, do you guys ever talk about what you're going to do when you, what you're going to be when you grow up? No. No. No, you don't want to think about it? No. They really don't. Um, the thing is, like, oh, so many jobs are fun. That's why I want to do them. Do oh, you can't decide because one just seems better than the other? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, give us, give us a few ideas of what you're thinking about. What are you thinking, Harry? Lawyer. Lawyer? lawyer? Why lawyer? Well, I'll show you. Oh, okay. Even though we're on radio, go ahead. So, yeah. so Mom, do you want to come back? We've got a minute. And a okay. Just a couple of days ago, my grandpa gave me, my papa gave me the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution of America. That's good. Amendments. And I go to this website called Brain Pop and I learn like. Aren't you glad you did this? All the amendments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what Jenny's life is like, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Are they getting, they're, they're like, they're over this, aren't they? They want to oh, yeah. go. They want to go. 30. No, there's no novelty for them anymore because they've been on Zoom like they're for like the last. I know. Aren't they sick of, they sick of Zoom? Is that since we came to Omaha, that like when I go to Zoom, my morning meeting is at eight. Jenny, yeah. this is what your life is like. This is it. I slept through you, my morning. You want it? You called them in. Yes. It's in the background all day. This whole sound, right? This is a sound all day long, right? Where's Kevin right now? Four conversations going at the same time. Okay, you guys can go. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank Say you. thanks to Lisa. Bye. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Thank you. Uh, so how do you feel right now? <laughs> um, just normal. Just normal. normal. That's that. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> they you look. They, what? You might have to edit that. No, 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 no. That was pretty awesome. Ah. Uh, well, anyway, I think uh, they, they look really different now. One has long hair. They used to, they, they're very identical, but are they trying to look different now? They have very different haircuts. Yeah, they, they just are very different. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't, they're like, they don't think of themselves that way. No. <laughs> Eamon's like, our personalities are. Their personalities. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.